I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right will be your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right will tackle topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen or bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company, Black Dog Builders, in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals and past clients to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So welcome back to Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And today we have a special guest. His name is Jamie Santo from Santo Insurance. And he's going to talk to us today about how to make sure the contractor that you hire is insured properly so that you are kept safe from any liability. And also just on your personal insurance, on your home insurance, are you covered properly for this project that you're doing? So welcome today. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jamie. Welcome. It's good to have you. So this is a subject that we have, um, we've actually avoided. We've talked a a little bit around the subject, but it's such an important topic um, that we wanted to make sure we had Jamie in because he can bring a bunch of good information uh, and and it's... um, it's not fun stuff, right? It's not it's not the exciting. Sexy it's not, stuff. and and we do have to apologize for Jamie for saying that it's not fun. Right. <laughs> but but you know, in general, when you meet somebody at a cocktail party and they say they sell insurance, you tend to say, "Oh, excuse me, I <laughs> I have to use the ladies' room." Right, exactly. And so I just wanted to assure Jamie that we are not going to walk away from him today. Perfect, thank okay. you. Right, but having said that, you know, I think a lot of our clients, when they're thinking about remodeling projects, they're thinking about. Um, what granite and which windows and, you know, and the new detail in the mudroom. And that's the fun stuff, right? However, when, even though we're trying to give you as many tools as we can to help you make the best choices you can, um, that's all still in the context of being smart about making sure that your contractor is properly insured and that your home is insured, especially for the changes that you're going to make to the scope of the home, right? Correct. So that's, that's exactly a, that's correct. a really important thing. So Jamie, let's talk a little bit about as um, as our listeners are out there uh, interviewing contractors and getting to a point where they're ready to select a contractor. Um, insurance plays into that, and so we want to give some some tools to our client to our listeners about um, what they need to look for uh, and and how they figure out whether somebody is properly insured based on the kind of work they're going to do. Uh, and, let, and let's for the for the purposes of this conversation, let's limit the conversation to. Um, assuming that our uh, listener is going to hire a general contractor, yep. right? Meaning someone yep. who's going to kind of be responsible for the whole project. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so what does it look like for uh, when a homeowner is thinking about this? What should they be keeping in their mind for the types of insurances? And and does that vary by the kind of company? Does that vary by whether or not they have employees or whether they're hiring a single guy and things like that? Okay. So the first and most important thing a homeowner can do is find out what type of insurance coverage the contractor has. The most important coverage up front is going to be general liability. Okay. Okay. So you're going to want to ask the general contractor who's doing the project, do you have general liability insurance of at least a million dollars? And what does that cover? When you say general liability, like what are we we trying to guard against? So if the general contractor or any of his subcontractors came to work on the site Mm -hmm. and they're doing a kitchen remodel, and for whatever reason, a fire occurred, and it burned half the home down, mm-hmm. and it's seven hundred thousand dollar loss. 
that liability is going to fall on the general contractor who was doing the project. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure they're properly insured to protect you against that type of loss. Okay. Okay. And how you acquire that knowledge is you ask for a certificate of insurance mm -hmm. that outlines specifically the type of coverage, general liability, the limit of liability of at least a million dollars, mm -hmm. the effective date of the coverage, and who the carrier is. Okay. And so you say a, a, a general liability of at least a million dollars. When would you want more than a million dollars? Well, in, in any situation, the uh, premium that a contractor pays, for example, if he said, oh, I have $500,000 liability, mm -hmm. and he's paying $2,000 a year for that coverage, mm -hmm. for him to increase to a million dollars may only be a couple hundred dollars. Okay. That's on the contractor. That's his business decision. Mm -hmm. But you as a homeowner, you're there to protect your home. Mm -hmm. So a million dollars in most cases will be sufficient for most homes. Right. So, so let me ask you, let me just interrupt there for a second. For most homes, that's true, right? But suppose we're hiring a contractor who runs multiple projects. So uh, we hire a contractor and he's typically, he's got several crews and maybe he's typically building four projects at a time. Yep. So isn't it true that um, that a million dollars, just as a straight coverage, could, if you're on four projects and each home is worth a half million dollars, yep. uh, you could have a liability, and God forbid, two bad things happened at the same time, Right. you could have exposure. Like the client could have insufficient, I'm sorry, not the client, the contractor could have insufficient insurance. So some of it probably has to do with how the contractor does business. Correct. Well, that's what I was going to expand on. So the general liability of a million dollars, that's you as a homeowner being concerned about your project, yeah. your home. Mm -hmm. If there's multiple projects going on, that absolutely comes into play as far as the total limit that contractor has for all its project exposure. So that, that million dollar liability is a total number. It's not a per incident. It's both. So in some cases, it's a, a million dollars per occurrence, mm -hmm. per claim. And in any policy year, there's an aggregate limit okay. of usually double $2 million. Okay. But let's just digress for a second. So the million dollars, we're looking at it in reference to the reconstruction of property in the event of a fire. Right. What if there's people in there and they get injured or killed? Or oh, okay. okay. So that increases the, okay. the cost. What if the value of the home is more than a million dollars? We're not just losing the home, we're losing all the contents. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's double exposure that people are thinking the value of the home, mm -hmm. but you lost $400,000 of content as well. Mm -hmm. So in many cases, you can ask Again, you're vetting out the contractor. That's what this discussion is all about. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're vetting out the contractor. You can ask if they have an extra million dollars umbrella, mm -hmm. two million dollar umbrella, whatever the the limit is you're comfortable with as a homeowner. Okay. Okay. That's just the liability portion. Mm -hmm. There's an, another huge exposure that comes into play when people working on your premises. Mm -hmm. Work is comp insurance. Okay. If somebody gets hurt on your premises, they're remodeling, doing an addition, doing a garage where it's attached to the home, separate, they fall off the roof, they, they, they put a drill through the finger, a nail, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. If they get injured, you want to minimize your exposure as a homeowner right. so they can't sue you. Mm -hmm. Your homeowner's policy has liability in place, mm -hmm. but it's not there to be as a business reference. Right. 
it's a personal liability. Right. So Sli- things a slip that occur, and fall, slip like and fall. Right. You're having a party at your home for Christmas, the holidays, some t- that type of personal liability. Speaking of which, we're having a Christmas party, so maybe we should get Now you're making me nervous. Exactly. Right. But on the business reference, it's very important that it's a separate liability altogether. Right. With the workers' comp, you need to make sure they have workers' comp insurance in place for that state, for that premises. Okay. How you get that information is, is you request a certificate of insurance that's requesting the general liability that if they cause damage or injury mm-hmm. at your premises, and then if one of their workers, one of their employees, gets injured, you're not going to be held responsible. And that's typically on the same certificate of insurance that it'll list, you know, general liability and workers' comp and all that. Yes. Yeah, so right? on, on most certificates, it's going to have the general liability, a million, two million, three million dollars, whatever the reference limit is. It's also going to have the workers' comp limit, effective date, insurance carrier. And typically, a contractor would use the same insurance company for all those insurances. In, in most cases, yes. For the sake of today, yeah. you know, to keep it from the homeowner perspective. Um, one agency is going to provide that coverage on one certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be multiple companies, but generally it's going to come from the same agency. So, okay. so Jamie, let's drill into a little nuance there, because um, I, I follow what you're saying. It makes total sense. But there's a lot more complexity in the world of contracting, right? Correct. And so we talked about, in a previous show, we talked about the issue of um, contractors who self-perform or subcontract everything, right? So if you're what I kind of refer to as a paper contractor, meaning you don't have any employees and you basically just organize everybody else, or you may be a general contractor and you may um, sort of at the surface look like you have employees, but the reality is all the people that work for you, you actually issue them a 1099. Mm-hmm. So that's even if they're carpenters, right? And they, they pull up to the job site at the time you tell them to and so forth. And even if they function like they're actual employees, but you pay them like they're subcontractors, a consumer can have exposure there, right? So that's that's a lot to ask a homeowner to try to figure out. But if your contractor um, doesn't have uh, workman's comp because he subcontracts all his carpentry to other people, there's a little bit of a loophole that a consumer needs to kind of understand by talking to a contractor about how do they do business and who is going to be on the job site. So nuance is a polite way to say it. <laughs> it's an extreme exposure. Yep. Okay, and that's what we're here to talk about today is exposure to the homeowner mm-hmm. on a remodeling project. Okay. So whether it's a discussion with the general contractor, the subcontractor, uh, an agreement between the two of them, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that if somebody gets hurt on your premises, that it's not going to be held liable against you, okay. that they have workers' comp in place for their injuries whether it's coming from the general contractor or the subcontractor or both. Mm-hmm. And let's just digress for a second to get back to the certificate of insurance. Mm-hmm. That should be spelled out in the certificate of insurance that says, you know, these people are included or excluded. This is the carrier. This is the effective date. But that's only one piece of the certificate of insurance. When you get the certificate of insurance as a consumer, a homeowner, you should also be listed as additional insured. Your name and address. Your name. Okay. So Bob and Peggy Smith, mm-hmm. whoever it is, listed on a certificate of insurance so that if that insurance policy ever gets canceled for non-pay or whatever, mm-hmm. you are then notified 
as a consumer that they no longer have the proper insurance in place. Okay. So, so meaning that if in the middle of your project, your contractor stops making his payments, you're notified. Yes, you so can say, oh, hang on, before I make any more payments, i got to figure out what's going let's, on. Let's keep a calendar date, a January 1st to December 31st insurance policy, mm-hmm. million dollar general liability policy, you have the certificate, they start work in February. Mm-hmm. You think you're good until the project finishes mm-hmm. or the insurance expires. On their May payment for insurance, they don't pay it. They're working on your project for the next eight months without insurance. Right, okay, yeah. With the additional insured notification, as a homeowner, you're notified to let you know the proper insurance is not in place. That's right. very, very important. Okay. And, and by the way, that costs nothing, right? So so for the homeowner to ask for that coverage, it doesn't cost the contractor anything, and it doesn't cost anybody else anything. It just gives you a lot more security. In, in most cases, it's it's free endorsement, but if there's any cost, it's, it's nominal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So... So let's say, so in, in the case of our business, we have employees, but we also use some subcontractors. We use subcontractors for electrical, for plumbing. Um, and I know that we get certificates of insurance for all our subcontractors who are going to be working, and they need to stay current. Um, however, that's not something that, that's not something that a homeowner can necessarily ask for how how do we deal with that? So that's a question as much for Dave as like you know it just within within the business, but also for Jamie like how do you make sure that all the coverages are are up to date for even your subcontractors? I'll make a point on that. So this is why the vetting of the general contractor is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. You know what projects have they done? Do you feel comfortable with them? Do you see the insurance discussion being had before the project started? These are all things from the consumer side mm-hmm. to make sure that discussions held with the general contractor and you feel comfortable. They know how to manage the project. They've done these things before because there's many subcontractors that they need work. They're out running around. They get an opportunity from the neighbor, the cousin, whatever, mm-hmm. and they've never done those type of projects before. Mm-hmm. It's important that the consumer side, you do the vetting up front, and you have those insurance discussions. Okay. And, and and so on the general on the subcontractor side, it actually is in the general contractor's best interest to make sure that they have certificates yeah. because all our general liability insurance is a function of how many dollars we run through the company, mm-hmm. right? And so if we if we pay out a certain amount of money um, and we don't have certificates for those sub subcontractors. That actually comes back when we get audited every year. Our insurance gets audited. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when we get audited every year, if we don't have certificates for all those subs, their work, the value of their work, sh- ends up going on our general liability and cost. And you have to pay and more. And we have to pay insurance. more. So cool. every general contractor is incentivized to make sure that the people that they have on the job sites do have insurance, right? Mm-hmm. But let's clarify things, right? So there, there's a significant percentage of the, the general contractors that our listeners are going to talk to are smaller general contractors, mm-hmm. right? Who maybe came out, up out of the field and they were good with their hands. We talked about this, right? right, how, right. how a lot of companies are small companies start and they were good with, in the trades. Now they're, now they're trying to become good business people, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a whole administrative function of thinking about these things and being on top of these things and having someone who's checking for them and requesting the insurances and, and, and verifying all that. That is not automatic, Right, you actually have to do it intentionally. You have right. to think about it. You have to have a process in place, and and that's one of the reasons why, you know, homeowners need to be really careful. It's, I think sometimes people can lull themselves into a false sense of security 
by hiring a contractor. Maybe if a contractor is less expensive than another contractor, often there's a reason for it. And sometimes it's not about the, the lumber and the specifications in the cabinet. Sometimes right. it's about the fact that they aren't carrying the proper overhead because they're not doing the things we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Correct. I mean, there's, there's many cases where there's no insurance in place at all. Right. 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 Um, and again, not to get into complexity of insurance and because we're here to discuss some of the exposures to the homeowners, mm -hmm. the important thing is to have that discussion up front. Mm -hmm. Whatever agreement you're going to have, it's outlined what the insurance requirements are so everybody's on the same understanding of what who's carrying what exposures, who's liable for what. Right. right. And we're going to have a separate uh, a separate show around the legal side of this, right? So yep. we're going to bring an attorney in that we work with who can talk about what should be in a contract. But one of the things should be in a contract is the kind of insurance rec coverage right. that, that a contractor brings to the table. Correct. Right? So, And now, to expand even further, we talked about general liability, mm -hmm. workers' comp. Those are just some of the coverages you should be aware of. Many people start the project, and for whatever reason, you know, they're building a two-car detached garage. Mm -hmm. It's going to be $110,000. They don't even think to call their insurance agent. For, the, for their homeowners, for, for their the homeowner personal call. homeowners. Yeah, they, right. they think my contractor's got insurance, I'm good. Yep. Right. Yep. And there may be a situation where there's $100,000 of cabinets and countertops in the basement or in the garage waiting to be installed. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure you have a uh, uh, conversation with your insurance company to make sure that that exposure is covered. So let's let's clarify that because this is something that we actually talk with our clients about all the time because I think it adds value to to how we help our clients stay safe. There's a couple of nuances here, right? So we talked about the general liability insurance if a contractor does something wrong and burns a half uh, burns half a house down, right? Yep. However, to your point, if you're building a detached garage and on a Sunday afternoon when no one's on site through an act of God that garage, which is not finished, right. that garage is 70% done, and it burns to the ground, mm -hmm. the insurance, you, you gotta look to your general contractor and say, okay, your insurance is gonna cover. No. Yes, right. in, that, in that case, there was no liability. Right, or for instance, like if there were cabinets or, or things stored in a basement and it uh, floods, yeah. and it's not, part. right, they exactly. Well, what if, what if they got stolen? Right, Whatever. or stolen, okay. right. So right. if you say on that garage, there was a lightning strike and it burned the garage, there's no liability for the general contractor. Right. That, that that caused that fire. Right. So there's no coverage that can be triggered from that policy. Mm -hmm. You could have all the agreements in place with the contractor. Right. You need to make sure that's covered under your homeowner's policy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And if they don't know that product is there or if that work's going on, then they won't cover it either. C right? Correct. There's yeah. a certain percentage of coverage that goes to other structures mm -hmm. from your homeowners that's mm -hmm. automatically covered in the policy. Yep. But we're talking about over and above that limit. Right. Then you have another example where you have a, let's say you have a 3,000 square foot colonial and it costs 500,000, 600,000 to rebuild. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna put a $200,000 rebuild on it, addition. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure you put that additional coverage on while the construction's going. Right. So give us an idea, so that's, a, that's one of the things we talk about. So right now, you have, in, in the marketplace right now, you have hundreds of clients whose houses you insure. Yep. But you insure the houses for how they sit in the in condition right now. You're, Correct. You're insuring the size and all the features as they sit right now. And, so, and typically, there's usually a, a, an inspection. The, ins the insurer will come out and yeah. sort of do an inspection of like... A, like you, you can't know, have that trampoline. 
Right. right. That kind of stuff. Right. right. Yeah. That's so, a whole other conversation. Yeah, right. So they know <laughs> generally what they're insuring. Right. 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 But, and, that, but that's at the initial, at the initial point of inception exactly. right, when they write the policy. Exactly. So, you know, they wrote the policy in 2017. Mm -hmm. In 2020, they're going to be doing a $300,000 addition. Mm -hmm. Right. Unless I drive by that house every day to check on it. Right. I'm not going to know not that. I'm not going to know it. Right. That's right. And so if a, if a homeowner calls um, and, and says, uh, Jamie, we're thinking about doing a project. We've got a contractor lined up. We think the project's about $200,000. Um, what kind of, for them to get, is this like a rider that you're going to do? Or what do, you, what do you do to extend the coverage to protect them during the construction? Okay. So on a homeowner policy, um, we would increase the coverage A, which is the actual structural coverage, mm -hmm. from... 500,000, that's what the initial structure amount was, two, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand, whatever the cost of the addition was. Mm -hmm. We just endorse the policy, mm -hmm. midterm, whatever date of it, the construction starts until the finish of the of the project. Okay. And, and what, uh, for that example, when we have a house and you're adding a $200,000 project for it, in round numbers, what kind of what kind of costs are a client talking about if, to get to make sure that they're being smart and protecting themselves for this exposure? Okay, so let's just say, for example, it's a newer home and it was twelve hundred dollars for the year mm -hmm. for the homeowners complete, mm -hmm. the the structure, the content, everything, and you're going to add on two hundred thousand dollars. You know, depending on the cost of, you know, the initial structure, a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's you that, know you're, you're yeah, doing a, you're doing a two hundred thousand dollar project, mm -hmm. and for two, three, four, maybe even five hundred dollars, you're going to put yourself at a, at a risk. Right. right. No, you need to make sure the coverage is put in place. Right. And, and it's funny, you know, I don't think that any client doesn't call their agent out of negligence. I think they don't call Just their don't agent because they don't even think about right. it. Yeah. Right. right. And and they think, all right, I'm doing my due diligence. Um, I got a good contractor. He showed me his insurance policy. It's all good. So I got to be good. Right. Yeah. Right. And they don't think about the, uh, the and, and that's another even further that nuance we talked about. You said you mentioned cabinets. We got uninstalled products. So. On every single remodeling project, there is typically tens of thousands of project uh, of dollars of product coming into a home. Right. And there's windows of time when that product sits uninstalled. When it's installed, and there's a problem that's actually and a problem that's caused by a general contractor. It's part of the home. It's at covered, that point. right? Yep. right. Yep. But if it's if it's sitting in the garage or sitting in the basement, and that could be your window package, that could be your cabinetry, that could be everything. It's not, and that's another nuance to that piece of of additional liability insurance that the homeowner wants to protect themselves. So. Within a homeowner policy, you have three core coverages. Mm -hmm. You have coverage A, which is a structure, the home itself. Mm -hmm. You have the liability, and then you have the contents. The content is generally a percentage of coverage A. So mm -hmm. if you have $500,000 of homeowner's coverage mm -hmm. for the structure, generally you'll have 350000 roughly about 70% for contents. Okay. So you need to make sure that within that limit, the supplies and things that you're bringing in don't exceed that limit so you're not covered. Okay. okay. Yep, that's important. So yep. um, so if you're going to get a gold-plated toilet, for instance, <laughs> whatever it is. you yeah. need to make yeah. sure you're yeah. covered. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I, I, to bring it back to sort of homeowners and how they think about this, and, and I, what we're trying not to do, I don't want to all these shows build up to making it feel like impossible or daunting. Right. And I'd rather just have homeowners think of this as a logical checklist. There's smart things you need to do mm -hmm. to protect yourselves. And a big piece of that is is the insurance side. And it's the insurance side that's not, again, not the fun stuff, yep. but really, you know, and as I, I said to you, I, 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 honestly, I hate insurance until I need it. 
right? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like. I right. don't like, you don't like premium, thinking don't about it. it. Right. You don't like. Yeah. Um, but when something doesn't, no offense, Jamie. Yeah. When something doesn't go well, <laughs> we're sitting here insulting him. You know, no, no, no. I, I don't. I think Jamie gets that, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think any client calls up and excited, like skips to his office and says, "I can't wait to buy insurance." All right. Right. Because <laughs> that doesn't but, happen. But see, on that, that's the importance of having a relationship with your insurance agent, mm-hmm. right? And I mean that. That's to the forefront of this discussion that if the homeowners understand they can communicate with their insurance agent, then Mm -hmm. these are easy discussions, right? Right. So, Dave, you mentioned a checklist, okay? This is supposed to be an exciting and fun time. Exactly. You're doing a kitchen remodel. It's cabinets. It's countertops. You're doing a basement remodel for your kids so they can bring friends or whatever it is. If you break it down to, say, certificate of insurance, Mm -hmm with general liability and workers' comp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe you need an umbrella, mm-hmm. depending on the exposure. You also list the homeowner as additional insured, so they're listed as a notification piece if that insurance policy cancels. Right. That's, boom, that's check number one. Yep. The second piece is you need to make sure that if you're expanding the coverage of the structure, that you notify your insurance agent to increase the amount of coverage on the homeowners itself. Mm-hmm. That's check number two. Check number three, if you bring in extreme amounts of content and lumber and supplies, mm-hmm. just make sure within your policy it encompasses the limits that you don't exceed. Right. right. With right. And, and you do two, three, four of those things, it, it limits. It's never always going to prevent. Yeah. It's never But we had to limit, make it easier for the consumer to understand what their exposures are, right. how to minimize their liability mm-hmm. by putting a couple you know, pieces in place and make it a fun project. Right, right. exactly. So that's perfect. I want to just pick into, drill into one nuance you just mentioned to, to be clear to homeowners, right? Because you mentioned a homeowner looks for that certificate of insurance and they look for the general liability and the workers' comp and so forth. There are scenarios, legitimate scenarios, where a homeowner might hire a contractor who doesn't have uh, workman's comp insurance, right? right. Because it, they it, don't have employees. Because they don't have legitimate they're using, employees. Yeah, they're and, just and, subcontracting. And everything. maybe it's not a big project. Maybe it's a small project. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the general contractor is the carpenter, right? And he's you're doing a basic kitchen remodel and he's going to be on site every day. He can actually exclude himself from workman's comp, can't he? Correct. Right. And that's not illegal. Nope. No. No. That, uh, you need to explain that a little bit more. Why does he get to exclude himself from workman's comp? So if the, he's, the if owner of the company can exclude themselves from workman's comp. So okay. they don't have to pay for that. Okay. Right? Uh, if they perceive that they don't have meaningful liability. Right. Okay. Now, frankly, a guy that's actually in the field swinging a hammer should have that. Right. But they don't have to. To protect themselves. To protect. Well, to protect themselves. Yes, essentially, I guess, to protect themselves and the homeowner. Right. But they don't have to. They can actually exclude themselves. But... Um, but it's important, I think, that that if a consumer asks for a certificate and doesn't see workman's comp, that does not necessarily mean that's the person they can't hire, but it does mean they have to drill in further and understand more. Mm-hmm. They have Correct. to ask more questions. And the situation, whether it's drywall, carpenter, um, masonry, yep. they may need a helper. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going to come across on the initial discussion with the subcontractor or even the general contractor. Mm-hmm. So we have a carpenter that's going to be framing the garage addition. Mm-hmm. And he gets into the scope of work and realizes, you know what, Tuesday and Wednesday I'm going to need someone to help me. Mm-hmm. Now, when the original discussion was it was just going to be him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have workers' comp, he didn't need it by state law, whatever the 
whatever the uh, situation may be. But now the brother, on, the, on the, Tuesday and Wednesday, brings in an employee to help yeah. him right. with the rafters, and you know, yep. that person gets hurt. So that's a bad thing. Now what happens? Right. Now you go to the subcontractor, you go to the general contractor, you go to the employee that got hurt. You're looking for all these certificates of insurance mm -hmm. for workers' comp, and there is none. Right, and, and, the then, the and then it falls on you and your homeowners, right? That they get, they're going to sue you, but then the homeowner is again a personal liability policy under the homeowners that that coverage may not be triggered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So, so there are a lot of nuances, and so uh, wait, a, just back up a second because yep. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this, and for everybody listening who's understanding this, if so, if you're saying okay, we find out there is no coverage goes back to and it lands on the the homeowner it would make sense to me if you're not if you're not seeing that your contractor is covered by workers comp that you also have a discussion with your insurance company that you make sure you have liability coverage in case of a problem it may be a cost that you want to incur on your own um, because your contractor is not providing that to you does that make sense well does there's two things to understand. You have the personal exposure and a business exposure. Okay. If I'm insurance company A and we're talking about personal liability, slip and fall, whatever may happen, mm -hmm. not business related. Right. Once you bring in that business agreement, that business relationship, mm -hmm. that personal insurance company may not even trigger the coverage or even defend you because it was a business exposure. Because they should have had the insurance. Because they should have had the insurance. And then you're personally liable. Then you're personally liable. So the bottom line is don't hire somebody that is not properly workers, insured. Yeah. Workers' comp insurance. Well, and, and yeah, and even if they say they're they're exempt from that, does you're, that you're 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 exposed. Yeah. Okay, you don't want to shut down the construction industry. That's not <laughs> what the purpose of this right. forum is about. Right. There's plenty of great contractors out there. Right. That's just themselves. That you know they don't have a requirement by the state to formally uh, have a need to get workers' comp insurance. They don't have any employees. Mm -hmm. right. You just need to understand your exposure. Okay. As a homeowner, that if they get hurt at some point, right. those injuries need to be paid for somewhere. Sure. And if you're looking to your personal homeowners, that may not be they may the not policy that. Right. going to cover. So again, this is this is risk versus right. right. Like yep. Just ha have yep. to put it in the risk column. Like yep. this is a risk right. I'm willing to yep. take. And and the reality is that contractor in all likelihood will be less expensive than a professional right. contractor that carries the overhead that gets the protection to the consumer. Right. And and that's the that's the challenge of sort of homeowners showing the personal discipline to say, uh, I'm going to hire the contractor that's more expensive. And it's hard. It's very easy for for anybody to say, well, you know, uh, this company's less expensive, but I really like the guy and I'm sure he's gonna do a good job, right? And you can talk yourself into mm -hmm. hiring a less expensive product contractor, assuming you'll be fine. Not always the case. And I'm not, this is not a scare tactic. This is no. just the reality Jamie's seen years and years it's of It's just a roll of the dice, right? right? You know, like, like right. anything else. It, it could be just fine. Right. And in most cases, it probably is. Right. But it only takes one case of not fine. Somebody the, falls and breaks their legs and, you know. The most important piece of this is to understand your exposure. Right. Then you can make a business decision of how you want to approach it. But mm -hmm. in most cases, the homeowner doesn't even get to the certificate of insurance and the liability and the work is comp and, and so, so So to have this discussion, at least make them aware, mm -hmm. to ask these questions exactly. is so important. So, so 
Okay. So here's a question. So as a homeowner, I could either go to the contractor and say, okay, I'm not going to hire you unless you get workers' comp. That's one way to deal with it. Um, and then they're going to say, okay, uh, you, I will do that, but I'm going to reflect that in the cost of the job. Potentially. Right? So you're going to be paying for it. Because um, that's essentially what it is, right? Yep. Like whatever yep. whatever you're bringing to your consumer, they're going to pick up the cost of it. It's just like, you know, a fuel increase or something like that. Yep. Yep. So, um, but do would the possibility exist if your contractor was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to. And it's not part of my requirement. Could you go and buy a rider from your own insurance company to cover that? You can't. No. You're shaking you're, your you're, head. You're, you're, <laughs> not, you're not, an insurance company is not going to put a worker's comp policy in place on for okay a, a contract. And now within a uh, homeowner's policy, there's coverage for worker's comp for like domestic servant, you know, right. nannies, these we, type we of things. We need but, a domestic servant. I like that idea. God, domestic that servant. so great. Um, but a personal homeowner's policy is not going to endorse a roofer to be banging shingles across a roof mm-hmm. or plumbing, heating right. guy. Right. It's just, it's not there. So... What are the, uh, so it, it, this has been really, really good. Uh, so before we close, um, do, uh, any uh, anything else that we're missing in asking you that, that we should be letting a homeowner f- be aware of, or do we hit the, the important So thing? the big piece, certificate of insurance, yep. um, make sure if you're doing additional increase in structure, yep. you communicate with your agent to increase the coverage there. Mm-hmm. If there's an expanded amount of content bringing in supplies, countertops, cabinets, make sure that's covered under the homeowners. Okay. Those are the three things from the coverage standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get in. This would be, you know, remodeling 101-2, you know, bonding and those type of things. That that can get too complex for the for the regular residential consumer. Yep. That's but more of a commercial thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just making sure the contract's in place so all parties understand where the risk is. Right. Okay. Okay. So the last part of it that I just want to mention to kind of bring home is – you know, I think a lot of people think of insurance as sort of commoditized business, right? It's it, it, and and I can understand why consumers think of that. And but the reality is, you've mentioned it a couple of times, um, and and people aren't going to remember the nuances of everything we talked about today. I hope you walk away with the idea of saying, I can't overlook the importance of insurance when I'm thinking about this. But what's what's of equal importance is that you have a relationship with a broker that you right. have and, and, and that that's a tr- that, that person is a is part of sort of your trusted team of advisors. Mm-hmm. So you might have your tax planner or your accountant or, or whomever else. Um, and, and as you're kind of building your life and you're thinking about how I make sure that we do smart things, that relationship with your insurance agent that you can then trust and go to for advice and input and say, you know, hey, Jamie, I'm thinking about doing this to my home. And, and uh, a knowledgeable, good insurance agent who knows you, who your relationship with, can be that person to help protect you through this stuff that's not all that black and white. Well, let's use this for an example. That, that critical piece of having an, an advisor, okay? Mm-hmm. You have a team of advisors, like you said, accountants, attorneys, insurance agents, what it would be. When you call an insurance agency, in most cases, you have that relationship with that broker, that broker's team, your account manager. Mm-hmm. When you ask a question, in most cases, they'll ask a question back. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 I'm going to be doing a remodeling project on, in July. So what are you exactly going to be doing? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing an addition. Okay, great. How much is the addition going to be? It's going to be $200,000. Great. 
let's make sure we have $200,000 of increased coverage for the structural. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Do you have a contract in place with your general contractor? Wow, I never thought of that. Right. How about, you know, certificate of insurance? Have you asked about certificate of insurance? Never thought of that. There's a difference between having an insurance broker, advisory team, insurance agent that works with you mm-hmm. and rather, than, rather than say, mm-hmm. yep, that's going to be $119. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And you add the coverage, never came up on contract, never came up certificate of insurance, liability, whatever, something happens, then everybody's scrambling around. Right. So yeah. it's very, very important. You know, I've been in the business for 27 years. That important piece of the relationship mm-hmm. and having those discussions, mm-hmm. in most cases, on an annual basis on commercial insurance and, and as things change on a personal insurance, mm-hmm. it's of utmost importance just to capture the scope of the risk change. Yeah, right. So, so I, think, I like to think of it, it's the difference between buying insurance online and developing a relationship with someone that you can refer back to. Correct. Um, and, and, you know, and, and as life evolves and changes and you're buying a car for your kid or you're modif- modifying your that's all those things that factor into then having somebody make sure that you are properly and constantly covered, covered right. for, yep. for your personal situation in your life, and they have to know you in order for that to happen. Right. So right. I think the moral of the story is at the next cocktail party, don't run away. <laughs> that's right. That's when, exactly you, right. when they say they sell insurance. Yeah, they're very nice people. They're yeah. very yeah. nice people. Yeah. So. They can be very helpful yeah. to you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jamie, we want to thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to share your knowledge and, and wisdom with our listeners. Um, it's uh, It's been great. And this is, like I said in the, at the outset, a really important topic that people shouldn't gloss over. And we want to thank you. For, yes. Uh, thank for, you for very much for coming. Thank so, you for having me. So, hi, I'm Dave Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. And we want to thank you very much for uh, being with us for this edition of Renovation Made Right. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.